No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where King Nebuchadnezzar invades Jerusalem, taking King Zedekiah and others captive and destroying the temple. It's the tragic death of a nation. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl concludes the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible. Today we conclude this sad story of the death of the nation of Judah. God would take the Jews into Babylonian captivity because of their disobedience and idolatry. But this tragic story ends on a note of hope. We continue today in 2 Kings chapter 25. Now it came to pass in the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it, and they built a siege wall against it all around. So the city was besieged until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. Now, when King Nebuchadnezzar assigned Zedekiah to be king of Judah, Zedekiah took an oath that he would be loyal to the Babylonian ruler. But he secretly hoped that Egypt would deliver them from the Babylonians. So he sent envoys to Egypt to seek the help of Pharaoh. He then rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar, as his brother Jehoiakim had also done. He trusted in Egypt rather than in the Lord. So, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't waste a moment punishing Zedekiah for his rebellion. The Egyptian army then moved in to help Judah, and Nebuchadnezzar left Jerusalem to go fight them. God sent Jeremiah to warn Zedekiah that Nebuchadnezzar would, in fact, return. It was God's will that Nebuchadnezzar come against Jerusalem and that Judah go into captivity. Nebuchadnezzar defeated Egypt and then returned to Jerusalem to punish Zedekiah. The siege of Jerusalem began in 588 BC and continued until 586. Jeremiah told Zedekiah and his officers that if they would surrender, then it would go well with them and the city and temple would be spared. But they wouldn't listen and instead had Jeremiah arrested. The king's officers even put Jeremiah into an abandoned cistern where he would have died if he hadn't been rescued. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe in Jerusalem that the women cooked their own children for food. Jeremiah wrote about this horror in Lamentations 4, verses 9 and 10. Zedekiah asked Jeremiah to inquire of the Lord for him, but then he refused to do what God said. Verse 4, Then the city wall was broken through, and all the men of war fled at night by the way of the gate between two walls, which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped all around against the city. And the king went by way of the plain. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. So they took the king and brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah, and they pronounced judgment on him. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah 
bound him with bronze fetters and took him to Babylon. So Zedekiah, knowing that invasion was imminent, sought to escape from the Babylonians, got caught. They took him to Riblah, which was the headquarters in Judah where King Nebuchadnezzar was staying. And he appeared before the king who then killed Zedekiah's sons before his eyes and then plucked out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him to take him captive to Babylon. All this happened because he refused to listen to the word of the Lord through Jeremiah, telling him to just surrender to King Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 8, And in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord and the king's house, all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans, who were with the captain of the guard, broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. So this occurred August 14th, 586 B.C. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, removed all the valuables from the temple before he burned it down. He also burned the king's house and all the other houses in Jerusalem. He broke down the walls of Jerusalem and burned the gates. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers. The bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord and the carts and the bronze sea that were in the house of the Lord. The Chaldeans broke in pieces and carried their bronze to Babylon. They also took away the pots, the shovels, the trimmers, the spoons and all the bronze utensils with which the priests ministered. The firepans and the basins, things of solid gold and solid silver. The captain of the guard took away the two pillars, one sea and the carts which Solomon had made for the house of the Lord. The bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. The height of one pillar was 18 cubits, or 27 feet. The capital on it was of bronze. The height of the capital was three cubits, or four and a half feet. And the network and pomegranates all around the capital were all of bronze. The second pillar was the same with a network. So Nebuzar Aden now took the third deportation of captives to Babylon, leaving only the poor in the land to work the fields and the vineyards. He then broke up the two pillars, the sea and the carts that were made of a great amount of bronze and brought the bronze back to Babylon. And the captain of the guard took Sariah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the second priest, and the three doorkeepers. He also took out of the city an officer who had charge of the men of war, five men of the king's close associates who were found in the city, the chief recruiting officer of the army who mustered the people of the land, and 60 men of the people of the land who were found in the city. So Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, took these and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. Then the king of Babylon struck them and put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive from its own land. Now these close associates of King Zedekiah, the chief priest, the second priest, and other officers 
were put to death by Nebuchadnezzar because they had been warned to surrender and they actually would not surrender and told the people not to surrender. So King Nebuchadnezzar killed them. Then Nebuzaradan made Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, governor over the people who remained in the land of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had left. Nebuzaradan showed exceptional kindness to Jeremiah, allowing him to remain in Judah. And he also appointed Gedaliah to be governor of Judah. Now, Gedaliah was the grandson of Shaphan, who had served under King Josiah. Gedaliah's father had faithfully supported Jeremiah. No doubt, Gedaliah and Jeremiah were friends. Now, when all the captains of the armies, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah governor, they came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, Johanan, the son of Korea, Sariah, the son of Tahumeth, the Netaphathite, and Jeazaniah, the son of Maacathite, they and their men. And Gedaliah took an oath before them and their men and said to them, Do not be afraid of the servants of the Chaldeans. Dwell in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. So Gedaliah encouraged those remaining in Judah that it would go well with them if only they would cooperate with King Nebuchadnezzar and stay in the land. This was the same counsel that Jeremiah had given them earlier during the siege. Now, the false prophet said that Nebuchadnezzar would go away and not defeat Jerusalem. But everybody could see that Jeremiah had been right all along, and now Gedaliah was giving the same advice. So that should have been ample proof that this was the right thing to do and God would bless it. But it happened in the seventh month that Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Elishama of the royal family came with ten men and struck and killed Gedaliah, the Jews, as well as the Chaldeans who were with him at Mizpah. And all the people, small and great, and the captains of the armies arose and went to Egypt, for they were afraid of the Chaldeans. Ishmael was part of the royal family, and he probably resented that the Babylonians made Gedaliah governor rather than him. He plotted against Gedaliah. According to Second Chronicles, Gedaliah was informed about the plot, but he didn't believe it. Ishmael came with ten men and then killed Gedaliah. Then he took the people captive. But Johanan and the other officers rescued them, and Ishmael fled to the Ammonites. Johanan asked Jeremiah to ask the Lord what they should do. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, telling them that if they would remain in Judah, God would bless them. But if they went down to Egypt, then God would curse them. They disobeyed the Lord and went to Egypt anyway, taking Jeremiah with them. Now, Second Kings could have ended here with the bleak historic record of the Jewish captives in Babylon and the disobedient Jews in Egypt. But there is an epilogue. Now, it came to pass in the 37th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the twelfth month, on the twenty-seventh day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, released Jehoiakim, king of Judah, from prison. He spoke kindly to him and gave him a more prominent seat than those of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed from his prison garments, and he ate bread regularly before the king all the days of his life. And as for his provisions... 
There was a regular ration given him by the king, a portion for each day, all the days of his life. Now, Jehoiakim was taken captive to Babylon during the second deportation in 597 B.C. So 37 years later, King Nebuchadnezzar's son, evil Merodach, began to reign. He released Jehoiakim from prison, spoke kindly to him, fed him at his table, and gave him new clothes. Jehoiakim received a regular portion for the rest of his life. The decline and death of the nation of Judah is indeed a tragic story, but we see redemption at the end. It shows that even when God disciplines his children that he remembers them, and in due time he will redeem them. This looked forward to God redeeming the Jewish captives from Babylon and bringing them back to their land at the end of 70 years. Likewise, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. We've ignored the word of God. We have been stubborn and at times rebellious. To some degree, we have borne the consequences of our own sin and guilt. But even when God disciplines us, he never leaves us or forsakes us. And after we have suffered a little while, he will restore us. Through Jesus Christ, God has forgiven us and released us from the captivity of our sins. He has seated us with Christ in heavenly places. He has clothed us with his righteousness. And he even feeds us at his table. Where sin abounded, grace has much more abounded to all those who trust in Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next time, we'll return to the book of Exodus to look at the covenant God made with his people in Israel. We hope you'll join us next time on Simply the Bible.